Welcome to episode 166 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every Every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in 
a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 166 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. And I am not just here with Jen Stevens. We have not one, but two very, very special guests on the show today. Two guests that our listeners are also familiar with. Jen, I don't even know how many times we've interviewed these guests because our listeners just love these interviews that we do because they are full of so much information, so much help, especially during these crazy times. I think you'll find a lot of clarity and a lot of things that we're going to discuss today on a topic that Jen and I get a ton of questions about, and that is magnesium. I am here with Matt Gallant and Wade Lightheart. They are the founders of a company we adore by Optimizers. And they're here today to talk about, like I just said, a really amazing topic, magnesium. So Matt and Wade, thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. Always a pleasure. So to start things off, I know our listeners are pretty familiar with you too, because you've been on the show a lot. We're big fans. Would you like to briefly tell your history? Because one thing that Jen and I love about you too is you follow two very different dietary approaches, but you understand that different diets work for different people. You have this company together to help address digestion and other issues that people might experience. So would you like to tell listeners a little bit about yourselves for those that aren't familiar? Yeah. So long story short, you know, as a kid grew up in Canada, got into the whole bodybuilding game after my sister got diagnosed with cancer. And I watched her go through the medical model before she died after four years. And it kind of piqued my curiosity because I realized that health isn't a guarantee. Your life isn't a guarantee. And I found I was frustrated with kind of the medical model, which led me to a career studying exercise physiology, nutrition, went to the university and kind of, which was kind of compartmentalized information. And then I started learning from mentors, people that were producing the results they want, wound up working on kind of every area of the health, wellness and nutrition industry that you could imagine and became a national champion bodybuilder on a plant-based diet, which was really weird. Had a major crisis after I competed at the Mr. Universe. I gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks and, you know, having the best coaches, the best training, my whole life, you know, wrapped up in this. And long story short was we met a doctor the name of Michael O'Brien and, and I asked him, I said, what, what went wrong? And he said, Wade, you've learned to build the body from the outside in not the inside out. And under his mentorship, I started getting into enzymes and probiotics and minerals and vitamins and uh, better food and all these sort of things that were not really in the performance model. It was more in a health model because I'd lost my health in pursuit of performance. And the reality was in six months, I was able to recapture my health, my vitality, kind of hit a new level of awareness and health. And that's when simultaneously Matt and I started an education company to spread this message worldwide. And so he was kind of instrumental in getting that message out to the world. So my story is I was passionate about bodybuilding as well from 16 to, to 19. And 
what really got me into it as a career was a friend of mine was 391 pounds. I brought him to the gym with me and he lost 191 pounds in 18 months. And seeing that transformation, which wasn't just physical, but emotional and you know, his whole being changed. I decided that's what I wanted to do. Got my degree in the science of physical activity, a degree, a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and became a trainer. Worked with some uh, some professional athletes in NHL as well as as fighting, and I was learning marketing. And as Wade was sharing his story, was really unique at the time. Nobody was really following plant based diets and bodybuilding. Decided to create a, a business out of it, and eventually we evolved into bioptimizers. So our goal is to help people move from you know sickness and disease to health, and then from health to biologically optimized health where all the functions in the body are really working at, at, at peak capacity. So that's what we're all about. And we help create products and that deliver on that. Yeah, I love that so much. And so I touched on it briefly about how, you know, you guys do follow different dietary approaches. For listeners, Matt and Wade are also big fans of intermittent fasting. So another reason that we're all all friends here. And actually, so I recently interviewed Wade last week on my other podcast, the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. And one of the last things we talked about that we realized we wanted to continue the conversation here on this podcast is you guys have been experimenting with ADF recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. So I've been fasting for the better part of 20 years. Uh, I started a, you know, as part of meditation practice and detoxification from, you know, the, the, mis, the misadventures of a, a wild youth. And I was fascinated with the process. And, and so I've always incorporated it. But recently, because now I'm cruising up to almost a half century of age, your metabolic processes change and your access to hormones change and all these type of things. And we'll tie in a magnesium story with that later on because I think it's important what I went through. But I decided I would experiment with alternate day fasting. And basically, I eat from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. one day, and then I don't eat for 36 hours and I do the same thing, a 12-hour eating window and then 36 hours and then a 12-hour eating window. And then I go two days. So basically, I'm fasting from Saturday night at 8 p.m. till Monday morning, 8 a.m. And then I repeat that on the next couple of days. On Tuesdays is a fasting day and Thursdays is a fasting day. And then Fridays and Saturdays, I kind of fill up. The results have been spectacular to say the least, I, I feel that you leverage the benefits of autophagy because we know from fasting, that's one of the best ways to recomposition your body, but also to accelerate some of the, the natural healing process that occur in the, bo- in the body. And I'm, I'm actually blown away. I'm getting ready to do a series of tests from hormonal profiles and inflammatory tests and all these sort of things. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about the data coming because I know the biofeedback is great. During that time, I was able to drop an excess of 20 pounds. Not that I was super heavy, but now I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm, I'm in fighting shape if you if to go, go with the term we like to use. But yeah, I, I haven't felt better in my life and, and, and at least in the last 15 years. And I'm still, and keep in mind, that's operating at a high level. We do a lot of things for that. And we push ourselves hard, but we also take all the re- biohacking 
strategies we can use to, to take it to the next level. And I, I'm actually just super pumped about this as a methodology and a group of my friends are jumping on the bandwagon to see the results and are reporting similar effects. Yeah, it's such a great protocol. And, you know, I find that a lot more people in my Facebook groups, you know, we have, gosh, over a third of a million members now. That's such a big number <laughs> in our combined members in our Facebook groups. But a lot of people are, are doing more with the alternate day fasting. And, and you know, the 36-12 approach that you're using is a great one. Some people do up to even, you know, a 42-6 here and there. But some people just love it. They love that that rhythm of the alternate day fasting. One of my favorite goals personally and I think a lot of people can relate, is recompositioning the body. For those of you that are familiar with that term, what it means is your body weight is staying relatively the same, but you're losing body fat and gaining muscle mass. And for example, in the last five years of recomposition, around 20 pounds. So in other words, using DEXA scans, it's usually three to eight pounds of body fat loss a year and three to eight pounds of lean muscle mass gain. And I think this might be the ultimate strategy to do that. However, there's, and again, if somebody's goal is just, hey, I want to lose weight, then forget about what I'm saying. <laughs> but if somebody's goal is to, again, just improve their, their body composition and stay the same weight, I think what I'm about to say is a great strategy. So everything Wade said, right? So basically three 36-hour windows of fasting. Plus, and the two eating windows during those five days. I'll, I'll eat keto ways, not keto, but I'll do that. And of course, you know, with all the fasting, you really, really get deep into ketosis. However, on the two, basically on the 36 hours, like the Saturday and Sunday where I'm eating carbs, I, I'm pushing my calorie intake to, you know, four to 5,000 calories. I'm eating protein every three to four hours to really activate the mTOR response. And I mean, I've, I've been able to lose weight and add muscle mass, I think at a level that I've never done before. So I'm pretty excited about that aspect of it. And again, if my goal was just to drop body weight, then I, I, I wouldn't do that. But for, for guys or girls that want to add muscle mass, it's, it's great because I think those five days where you're fasting a lot, not eating that much, you really activate AMPK, you really dip into the fat storage, and then you're really turning on the metabolism, you're turning on mTOR for two days. And even lifestyle-wise, I love it because you know now I used to just kind of one day of high calories, but now it's two days of not eating whatever I want, but almost. <laughs> so, so it's great. I love it. It's got that metabolic boosting effect for those days when you're eating more. It's a huge priority. If you're dieting for a long period of time, keeping your metabolism humming along is one of the most important variables that not enough people are paying attention to, in my opinion. Go ahead, Wade. Yeah. And I think it's really important, especially for our female listeners to understand is, you know, creating a shapely physique, which I think a lot of women is not about just losing weight. And I think a lot of them end up who kind of overdo weight loss dynamics end up with metabolic problems because they're not addressing their muscle mass and muscle mass. First off, most 
0.9% of women are not going to get too big if they're training and doing muscle and not doing anabolics and all that sort of stuff, you know, so you're safe to do that. But for longevity and also for vibrancy and health and your resistance to disease, your resistance to all of the negative sides of aging, there's really nothing comparable to this. And what's also great about this type of fasting is I believe that it removes the the unconscious guilt associated with foods that we often eat in social situations or we develop phobias around or guilt complexes around because when you're fasting that much, you can take in foods that you normally wouldn't be able to without like getting fat and it's it, it just seems to fuel the metabolism because you do have to really concentrate on adding in extra calories. The extra calories actually have a boosting effect when you're on the eating window. So I do believe that you develop a healthier psychology around food as well as a healthy response. And there's one warning I will tell people here. If you, you know, whether you're a guy or whether you're a girl, the, the, the increase in sex drive is pretty significant. So... <laughs> If you, if you warning, don't, if, warning. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you don't want to have too much sex, don't do this. You know, I want to jump into something you just said, Wayne, and that is the whole idea of, you know, losing the guilt associated with food. You know, my Facebook support groups are, I mean, we have men and women, but they're very highly skewed to the, to the female side of things. And we do see women who struggle with the whole idea of the up day, the eating day, and they want to restrict on that day as well. And, you know, we have to try to convince them that, no, that is the worst thing you can do. But they've been so trained in calories in, calories out. You know, if I have a big eating day following a longer fast, I'm just going to, quote, undo my hard work. And so part of the message is teaching them, no, you want that up day. You want that metabolic boost. Don't be afraid of it. My former bodybuilding coach, Scott Abel, who developed, you know, trained over three, 400, I think it's three, 400 champions in a variety of areas, including the fitness area, kind of what's driving a lot of the kind of, I would say this, the marketing that women are striving to achieve with these kind of you know, what you see on the covers of magazines and stuff. And he's got some great books about metabolic syndrome and the dark side of the mirror and the fitness industry. And some of these things where people get on these restrictive components and develop these sociologically psychoses around food, which have super damaging effects long-term for their health and their well-being. And of course, then it can lead to metabolic syndrome and I, I think people really have got to who are in this for their health and for their well-being and also to look good from a cosmetic standpoint, an aesthetic standpoint, which is one of the angles of the bio-optimization triangle Matt will bring up. But we've got to get, we've got to remove that negative association with food first and foremost, because it's, it's, it's as bad as the calories, in my opinion. I will say that it, it is important to do the math. You know, you do the math and you just don't worry about it. But and I love looking at calorie deficit or surplus on a weekly level. I think it's a mistake to look at it daily. And the cool thing, obviously, when you're fasting for three 36-hour windows, it's pretty easy to be in a deficit, even despite eating you know, 5,000 calories two days in a row. I'm still in a seven to 8,000 calorie weekly deficit. So you just have to do the math. And, you know, if you get, if you're working with a nutritionist or a coach, it's pretty straightforward. You figure out your basic metabolic rate, then your workout, and then 
do the math from there. And that is one of the big benefits of fasting in general is it allows us to enjoy food more thoroughly when we do eat. Because I, I hate grazing. You know, I'm, I'm a fast and feast kind of guy. Me too. Me three. <laughs> grazing is the worst. Yeah. The people who say, I tried to eat and I just couldn't. And I'm like, I don't even understand that. <laughs> But then also being chained to grazing throughout the day is just the worst feeling for me, at least. It is, you know, and Wade Wade lived that lifestyle for a long time and back in his bodybuilding day, especially when he was dieting down. And I mean, it it was painful just watching him eat the the rice cakes, let alone be the guy doing it. So yeah, Wade's Wade's lived that at the highest of levels. It's, It's not easy, you know, this is a lot easier, bottom line. I have a super quick question, Matt, about the protocol you were discussing with the ADF and the high-carb refeeds on the weekends. Would a further hack to that if somebody were looking to, there's still a calorie deficit even in that scenario, but could a further hack to it be making the the fuel-up days be super high-carb, high-calorie, high-protein, but low-fat so that you minimize fat gain during the feed-up? Yeah. I mean, so in my opinion, if your goal is to really eat clean and just get the best results and get all the benefits. Yeah. So what I do eat a lot, I'll cook kind of a a pot of rice, a lot of white rice, and I just eat a protein source with it, whether it's wild salmon or ground beef or five soft boiled eggs or a protein shake. And I just eat, eat that like five times. Not, not just white rice or, or each meal, but, and I might have one meal a day or whatever, but I do think that yes, if you want to minimize fat storage on the high calorie days, you, you probably want to keep your fat percentage around 20 and go really high protein and high carbs. And, and if you're, if you're eating a lot too, it, it becomes kind of a, a goal to eat fast digesting carbs. And of course, mass signs, HCL, Gluten Guardian, all those products really help to completely eliminate digestive distress. Because probably the most common thing I hear when I talk to people that fast a lot or, or do keto, and we, we end up on the topic of refeeds, they say, yeah, I tried it and I didn't feel good. Well, one, you got to figure out which foods you don't feel good and eliminate those. And two, you know, use enzymes, use Gluten Guardian, use HCL, and you can feel great the whole day without relying on just eating super clean. So those are some of my tips on that. Yeah, I love it so much. I was telling Wade when we recorded this last week that I often will ask my audience what their favorite biohacks are. And so many people, every time they say bioptimizers <laughs> as their answer. And I love that. I wasn't really considering it a biohack, but it is in a way, you know, it's it's biohacking your digestion so that you can, you know, eat the foods that best support your body, your body composition, your goals. I love it. I got one caveat to add to that as well. When you do your regular feed days during the fast, so those 12-hour windows, those three 12-hour windows, it's really important, as I, I have found, to, to slant for me as a 200-pound guy to take in 50 grams of protein right off the bat and wait about 30 minutes before I take in any food. And why I do that, first off, it seems to, to, to stop the catabolism of the body very quickly. So you, you want to spring out of that catabolic state. And the other thing is it stabilizes blood sugar as you add in, you know, the other foods that you might be eating. And it's, you know, you're not 
interrupting it with fat or whatever, just, just take that protein. And of course for, and that's a guy that's on a plant-based diet. So there may be some integrations if you're ketogenic, but I can know for myself, that's, I've tested it on both days, like not doing the protein and just kind of going into the, as I call it, the carb train and the, the, the carb train goes off the rails. What do you eat as a plant-based guy with the high protein? Yeah, I just take 50 grams of plant-based protein. You can also do, for people who want like New Zealand whey protein or something like that, they can do that or something something really clean and clear. So you're using a supplement. I was wondering if it was like a food, but, but you're using a supplement. Okay. Yeah, it's really hard to get 50 grams of protein from plants. <laughs> I thought so, that's why I asked. <laughs> I mean, for for other people, they just have a steak or something, or you know, some chicken breasts or whatever they want. But that for for me as a vegetarian, that's that's really my only options to take that dosage. And then, like Matt, I do have on the weekend because I'll do my leg day, my biggest training. I I really concentrate on at least one day a week of taking in up to two hundred grams of protein, which is like over double what I normally do on a given day just to balance things out. And I always feel stronger. So I can kind of gauge it. You, you gauge it from your biofeedback. We're also lifting heavily as well. So that's another factor. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. One of my recent research tangents obsessions is I've been researching the benefits of super high carb, low fat diets, but many of them are also the benefits of super high carb, low protein, low fat diets. And I, I keep trying to experiment with them, but I just need that protein for satiety. Otherwise I just don't seem to get there. And and then one thing I think is so important is people often fear high protein intakes because it seems like we're constantly told, you know, too much protein is overstimulating mTOR or it's, you know, not a good thing. But A, I think there's a lot of research behind, you know, the importance of protein in our diet. And then B, when you are practicing intermittent fasting, you're not stimulating mTOR constantly. And then in addition, when you do eat the protein, mTOR doesn't continue to, and for listeners, mTOR is the signaling in your body that that tells you to enter a, basically a growth state, but it caps at a certain point in a meal with protein. So it's not like eating a ton more protein stimulates a ton more mTOR. It kind of just stimulates mTOR for that meal. In any case, Wade, so something you talked about at the beginning, we were telling your story, you said with your bodybuilding experience, your fixing your metabolism experience that that and your hormones that somehow that related to magnesium. So I'm wondering what you were mentioning there. Yeah. So I got caught in the, I would say the performance train. So we, we kind of categorize health into three categories. We, we call it the bioptimization triangle and there's aesthetics, there's performance in their health. And at different stages in life, we're working different areas. Most of us start out in this field, looking at aesthetics, wanting to look you know, attractive or fit or desirable by modern day standards. Eventually that oftentimes runs into a variety of problems or it transits into performance. And in my case, it was performance based in the athletic world, but I had dropped down into health and worked health. And then I get into the performance phase of my business career. And so a couple years ago, I was doing the, you know, trying to do the almost like the Silicon Valley kind of mission where I was running three companies, working 15 hours a day, pounding caffeine like it was going out of style and just doing everything. I was under incredible amount of stress. And, you know, I just kept my desire for performance began to compromise my health. 
And, you know, and then I, I was like, okay, I'm starting to gain weight. So I, now I started losing weight. So I added dieting stress on top of that with fasting and massive training twice a day. And, and, and it just got off the rails and I got myself into really adrenal burnout. And I was, you know, I, I didn't have the neurotransmitters to sleep properly. I felt terrible. Yeah, it was a nightmare. I was, I, I remember sitting down with Matt one day and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm living in hell. And it was a self-imposed hell. And so I, I got to learn what the consequences of a high-performance business lifestyle is. I understood the consequences of a high-performance athletic world as a younger man. And as, in being in the middle of my business career right now, I, I, I embraced, you know, I'm kind of a full throttle kind of guy and managed to find out where, what, what my parameter limits are there. And to come out of it, a researcher, Katrine, who does a lot of our biological research for the company, she looked to look at my blood work and then in concordance with the naturopathic doctor is like, good, your magnesium levels are shot. We took a NutraCell, excuse me, a SpectraCell test and my magnesium levels were in the toilet. And magnesium is really important in the generation of neurotransmitters. It is really critical in managing caffeine or adrenal stimulation through various stimulants and that type of thing. And so I began to pound magnesium. And it turned out after a little while, I, I ended up with literally, I, I, I had, I don't know how many bottles of magnesium on my table. And I was feeling better, but I was trying, you know, this brand and this kind. And I learned about all the different magnesiums, thanks to Charles Poliquin, who used it for high performance athletes. He started saying that his determining factor for someone's training capacity was magnesium. And he's a guy that trained gold medalists in 27 different sports. And, and, and we had attended a lecture at Bulletproof with him. And he had, he had talked about the different types of magnesium. Someone's for your heart, someone's for your brain, someone's for your muscles, someone's for your nervous system and blood sugar regulation and all these cool areas, you know. And I was like, well, I, I started taking all these. And then finally, I had all these just endless bottles of magnesium. And I'm, t I'm telling Matt, I'm feeling better, but I'm, I'm spending a ton of money on magnesium. And, and then Matt's like, who is a magnesium fan as well, got into it. And he's like, we, we got to figure this magnesium thing out. And Matt got to work on it. Maybe Matt want to fill in the story of what you were doing in magnesium as I was pulling out of the, the depths of hell. <laughs> self-imposed, self-imposed, mind you. Yeah. So before Wade burned out, which was, you know, really the most extreme burnout I've ever witnessed personally, I got to the point, you know, similar lifestyle as Wade, you know, just uh, high intensity entrepreneurial lifestyle. Got to the point where I literally couldn't drink coffee anymore. I would drink a cup of coffee and instantly feel frazzled. And I know maybe there's people don't understand what the word frazzled mean, but it's the most accurate description. It would, I just feel really bad. I'd feel on edge. I'd feel, you know, really bad, essentially. Like Johnny Depp after a weekend of partying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just imagine that. Exactly. So then three different people, including Poliquin, Mercola, and, and another really smart individual recommended, yeah, do a high dose magnesium cycle and 
it'll repair your nervous system because the, the, the magnesium is a huge part of the myelin sheet, that and fats. And I think when your myelin sheet, which covers the nerves of your nervous system, get raw, that's when you feel that, that frazzledness. And there's a vicious cycle that you know Wade and I got into, which is the more stress you have, the more magnesium you burn, and the less magnesium you have, the more stressed you become. So it's just this vicious cycle of stress, less magnesium, less magnesium, more stress, less magnesium, and it just keeps going until you burn out. And I used to hit like, you know, not the level weight hit, but these micro burnouts every three, four months. And I take 10 days off, come back. And it was just kind of part of my lifestyle. When I started loading up on magnesium, everything that Wade said, you know, three, four different kinds. And we'll get into that, but one of the key things with magnesiums is that each kind, you know, goes to different parts of the body. So it's not, you know, that's why you want to do a blend. So taking three, four different kinds, and it really helped. I mean, after took about sixty days, and I got to about four or five grams a day, which is a high dose. And then next thing you know, I'm able to drink coffee again, and I start feeling a level of relaxation all the time that I've never felt before. Like I was just kind of permanently in, in Zen all the time, even though I'm doing all the same things and I'm even when I'm drinking coffee. So I really s- experienced the nervous system repair and the benefits of magnesium. So as far as just like a, a product that impacted my life the most, magnesium's in the top three, right up there with enzymes and some of the other things that we're huge fans of. So that's the story. And then you know Wade burned out. Wade did the same protocol and and helped him come back and. You know, now, because of the challenge of having to take all these different types of magnesiums, we decided to make a product that has seven different kinds, including some really, really powerful ones like Orotate, which is hard to find in most magnesium supplements, plus the cofactors, plus monoatomics to really maximize the benefits. And I mean, people are just absolutely loving it. I love it. I love, especially Wade, thank you for telling the story of how you got burned out by doing too much because people underestimate how bad that is for us. But you knew you didn't feel good. Your body was communicating to you that you didn't feel good and you knew it wasn't working well for you. But we're we're so in the the mindset of more, more, more that we we ignore, we push down. You know, if it doesn't hurt, it isn't working, right? So we push down those feelings when really we're in distress. So I really appreciate you telling that story. We want to prevent people from having that same burnout. I think right now we're in as a society, we're 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 really pushing the limits of of stress with all the environmental issues that we're dealing with and the current economic and medical issues that are going on and the associated that stress that goes with us and people are starting to snap <laughs> literally and also the digital information age right we're getting so much input and as humans we haven't evolved to handle that type of input. And if you look at the studies that associate uh, EMF exposure and blue light exposure and its implant on circadian rhythms and how it exhausts magnesium inside our nervous system, plus high calcium diets, which can often deplete magnesium levels because they're in a two to one ratio, we've got a perfect storm. And, 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 and then also the inability to get enough magnesium from our diet, even if we're eating a healthy diet. So that's the other factor. So you've got challenge on top of challenge on top and challenge on top of challenge. And oftentimes if you're a go-getter that you're like, okay, it's, it's stress time, but somebody has got to step up and take ownership of that. You know, forget about it. I'll worry about my health later. I'll worry about that later. But 
believe me, you even if you're the healthiest person in the world or have all the technology available in the world like I did, guess what? We're not invincible. I'm just grateful I had it. I mean, I did everything. I mean, I was injecting magnesium and taking IVs and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And it was, it was, I mean, it was on some awesome experiments, but uh, I'm happy to have breakthrough now to make it a lot easier. Yeah, it's so incredible. And I, I was thinking how, I mean, yes, people can obviously reach physical burnout from overexercising and all of that stuff. But I think one of the problems like you experienced with burnout from, you know, a business perspective is like, I feel like with work, we feel like we can always be doing more. And I feel like it can more easily lead to burnout because it's harder to stop. Like at least with a workout at the gym, like, yes, there are people who, you know, overexercise, but at least you're probably not going to the gym from 8am till 8pm compared to like the, I mean, I know some people do, but, but compared to like, you know, working, especially now people working from home, like we can always be doing more. And so I feel like it just really, really easily leads to burnout. I did have a question about magnesium. So you spoke about how our diets today are not providing the amount of magnesium that we likely need. I was wondering if you could expand a little bit upon that, like the the status of our, our nutrient depletion in our soils. And then I have a secondary question that I could ask after, but it's basically like once you do address your magnesium levels and you you get them back up, do you need to constantly be supplementing still? Like how does a person go from being magnesium deficient to not and then maintaining that status? I can cover some of the foods that are rich and then we can talk about the issue with farming in general. So, you know, there are a few foods that have magnesium. Dark chocolate is probably one of the best ones, avocados nuts, legumes, tofu, seeds. Those are some of the richest, but the issue really comes down to to farming. And the other issue too with magnesium is that it is challenging to absorb through the intestinal tract. So you have to take a lot of it, but I'll let Wade address the farming and the, the soil depletion. Yeah. So we have to recognize that as a society over the last hundred years, we've really altered the food production and distribution chain. You used to make and farms originally you would cycle the farm usually on a seven year cycle you would grow different products different year one year you would grow hemp and and then plow that back into the soil to recondition the soil and 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 remineralize the soil and then one year you would let it go what they call fallow you wouldn't put anything on it so so that the soil would recover but since world war ii we've done a couple of interesting things we solved the calorie model through food production and distribution but we went into monoculture farming We added nitrogen fertilizers, which accelerate the growth, depleting the protein levels, which get converted to enzymes. And also we deplete the amount of minerals present in the food that we're eating. So we grow bigger food that is weaker, that has less nutrients, less minerals inside of it. And then on top of that, We've added herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, which interesting enough rhyme with homicide and suicide to the food production and it added genetic modified foods because the foods now didn't have the natural protection mechanisms to fight off, you know, blight and parasites and bacteria agents and different kinds of bugs. So they started modifying the genetics of the food and then they started spraying things like Roundup and stuff on that. And all of that not only does it, we have a depletion of the, of the soil and the food production chain, but we also are impacting our digestive system. We're, we're causing leaky gut, for example, that is causing a cascade of effects and absorption of proteins 
that shouldn't be absorbed and causing inflammatory response and allergic responses and a cascade effects that make it impossible even if we're eating the best diet. And if you look around the world, I mean, I just had Dr. Sanjay Gupta, a heart doctor from the UK on my podcast the other day. And he's like, look, I'm getting better results putting people on magnesium than we are for a variety of the medical drugs that we're treating our patients with. That's from a medical doctor. And he's like, you know, magnesium function, for example, correlated to heart function is huge. Magnesium in producing the neurotransmitters. So people who are feeling stressed and out of, you know, out of sorts, what are the, one of the things that they interestly turn to? What, what is the number one craving that people turn to? Chocolate. Oh yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Well, guess what? Your body is screaming for magnesium and that's the only source it knows where it can get it. And it's not sufficient enough. I mean, believe me, I think I've tried eating five or six chocolate bars in a day. It's just not a great way to get your magnesium. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's delicious, but... I'm just teasing, but I have, I, I, I have had those, you know, amazing, you know, where you're really craving the chocolate. Like there's, it's, it's beyond like, Hey, I want a piece of chocolate. There's like some sort of other, like survival driver that's fueling you. What you want to do is just go get a, a spectra cell nutrient test. It'll give you a profile of all the essential minerals and, and that you're needing. And also the ones that you're having trouble absorbing. And guess what? You're going to see on number one of the number one things on your list with everybody that we look at and all our data, magnesium. It's just across the board. And so the reality is, is we're in a world now that if you want to be healthy, if you want to have high performance, if you want to look your best, whatever it is, there is no way out of supplementation. The days of you can have a healthy, balanced diet and achieve your ideal levels of health, aesthetics and performance, that's a lie. And it's a lie that's being propagated out by our governments and by the nutritionists. And we're here to tell you that that's not going to work. And all the people on the bleeding edge of, you know, functional health and medicine, and they're starting to teach this in hospitals with the new era of doctors are looking at these issues because things like obesity, things like stress, things like a variety of psychological conditions can all be traced to nutrient deficiencies. And there's lots of research now supporting that when you start adding these elements in through proper uh, supplementation, you can correct almost anything. I have a quick question about testing that you were mentioning, especially with magnesium. Because for magnesium, you can measure, like would most doctors just measure like serum magnesium compared to like the RBC magnesium? Is that kind of like the difference between measuring like hemoglobin HbA1c compared to blood sugar? I don't know how magnesium works like in a long-term storage potential in the body. Well, it's one of the reasons I recommended the spectracell test. And the reason being is they actually take your blood and spin it. And from that, by adding, I think they, they do all these vials that get sent to Texas. And they're able to determine not only your levels that you have, but also what you absorb inside your body. You can also cross-correlate that with genetic tests. And looking at particularly what types of diet that you might do better on than others, because there's kind of genetic indicators of what type of, you know, based on your ancestry, you know, what type of foods that you do well on. And so, you know, if you are going to try and get as maximum amount of nutrients into into your cells where your body needs it, you need to be selecting foods that your body can digest along with your consumption of 
you know, nutrient supplements and that sort of stuff. So it, it needs to be in combination. So it's not, a, a, you know, as easy as people might think. And you really need to get that specific testing because a lot of blood tests that you do straight up, you're not really getting a full picture, getting a picture at that moment. And the, the data, if you, you did a test four hours later, you get different results. And another comment too on magnesium and blood tests, it's unlike a lot of other key minerals, it's not a great test. And the reason is a lot of the magnesium goes into the tissue. So yes, you can do blood tests for magnesium, but it's not a great test. It's not as going to be as accurate as potassium and some of these other, the big six minerals, but you know, it's still not a bad test to do, but ultimately it's a lot of the magnesium goes right into the tissues. Okay. Gotcha. So when a person does start supplementing with magnesium, how intuitive is it as far as knowing when you might have, you know, built back up your magnesium store as far as dosage goes and continuing a magnesium? Like, is this a situation where, like you said, we're at the point where diet alone is probably not going to provide all the nutrition we need. So should a person basically be taking a magnesium supplement for life? And what would that look like? Well, in my opinion, as far as the first part of the question, you keep going until you feel your nervous system shift, right? So the nervous system has the fight or flight, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, which is the healing mode. And once you hit enough magnesium in your body, you will feel more relaxed. And for Wade and I, it took you know, around 60 days. And our typical loading suggestion is start with a gram a day, which is not that much. Go to two grams, go to three grams, go to four grams. I mean, we went to like, I think five or maybe six grams was the peak, which is a lot. And the key, by the way, when you're taking that much is to spread the dose so you don't <laughs> get disaster pants because too much magnesium in one dose will pull water through the intestinal tract and then create kind of a flush. So, but usually two caps of magnesium breakthrough at a time, there's zero issues. Most people can handle three. So that that's a good amount per dose. And then you just take maybe three or four doses a day. You know, and after that, after you kind of load up and you feel good, I just take around four to five caps a day as maintenance. Wade, what's your doses these days? Yeah. So one of the principles that we founded our nutritional philosophies comes out of orthomolecular nutrition. And for those who don't know orthomolecular nutrition, it was founded by Dr. Linus Pauling, the two-time Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Hawkins, and Dr. Abraham Hoffer, who wrote a lot about this in the 70s to create a variety of conditions using nutrition. And the goal is, is you want to we have what we call the maximum effective dose, the minimum effective dose, and the optimal dose. And typically, you start at the minimum and you scale up until you hit tolerance. And when you get tolerance, you break the GI barrier, and that means you get the runs. So divided dosage and the types of magnesium in this case are going to determine that. So for example, if there's a lot of citrate, you're going to break the GI barrier because citrate draws water in. That's great if you have constipation, but for most people, that's not an issue. I started off literally a half gram three times a day at one and a half. And then I would add 250 milligrams to my first serving into my second serving. And then I keep the third serving the same. And then the next day, if that was okay, I would go, you know, I'd stay with that 250, 250. And then I'd add the, you know, the extra 250. So each week I was going up about a gram and a half and I topped out as well at that six gram zone. 
And then once I got into that kind of what I call spaciousness in my nervous system, that relaxed thing that, you know, the world's melting down and that sort of stuff, but you're okay. It doesn't seem to bother you. Like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's when you kind of know that you're there. And at that point, I started tapering down, or they call it sometimes titrating down. And for me, I found the optimal dosage right now to be about one and a half grams a day is what I feel just awesome on. It's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I really, I really can't emphasize enough of how that is. So for me, that's the optimal dosage right now. I could probably get away with a little bit less, but I just like the feeling. <laughs> and I can drink coffee again. I had to go off coffee for a year. And I, again, I, I mean, I tried coffee, man. And I, I was like someone that was just on some kind of crazy bender or something. I just go mad. You know, I just, I'd get so overstimulated. I, I would, I'd get overstimulated. It would affect my emotions, my psychology and all that sort of stuff. And I remember coming, trying caffeine again, not that long ago, a few months ago. And I was kind of worried. I was like, I'll try a cup. And I, I didn't get the jitters. It didn't feel good. I got kind of that, you know, that natural kind of euphoric feeling that you get and no side effects. And also when I went off it, I went off it recently just to see whatever would happen. I experienced no withdrawal and I normally would experience withdrawal. And that's really interesting as well. And I don't know what the mechanism is on that, but I didn't, I, I can start and stop at any point without any feeling of loss. That's fabulous. And I just also love how your body is sending you the messages and letting you know, you know, you feel great before you didn't, you know, I like to tell people to listen to your body and you are a great example of that. And by the way, it's a game changer for sleep. A lot of biohackers obviously love, love our products and they, they track everything. And we've heard from many people that they've had some of the best sleep scores they've ever had using it. I was actually telling Wade about an hour ago before the call that even, you know, using these other mags, I never got the relaxation effect I'm getting from this mag. For me, my biggest challenge around sleep has just been wanting to go to bed. And like, I take three caps about 60 to 90 minutes before I want to go to bed now. And I have to go to bed. Like I, I passed out on the couch last night, which never happens. You know, I'm one of these guys that can just kind of stay up as long as I want. And the other side of it too, we're kind of talking about, you know, getting out of burnout and handling stress. But the other side of magnesium is performance. You know, strength athletes have known about magnesium for a very long time because it is significant. It's one of the key things for athletic performance. We can talk a little bit about that too. So whether again, it's dealing with stress or just performing better in the gym, dealing with blood sugar. I mean, there's so many benefits related to magnesium. I mean, we could talk about it for hours and hours. Can I actually ask you a quick question about something you touched on that I think a lot of our listeners might have questions about? Because you were speaking about the effects on the GI system and how it can have sort of a laxative effect. And I know a lot of our listeners struggle with GI issues and often do struggle with constipation. So for listeners who find they are appreciative of the effect of magnesium to keep things moving, is that, quote, safe? Like, is it okay to use magnesium to keep things moving? Or is that not really a long-term solution? It is an answer. <laughs> It'll work. In fact, in, and we don't use, there's um, other mags that are used for extreme flushing. We don't use those, but I mean, all magnesium to a certain degree draw water. So yeah, I mean, you can, you can take 
four caps in one shot will probably keep things moving along. And, and I'd say in general, it does help with bowel movements. E- even at the lower dosages, it seems to really help quite a bit. I could explain some mechanisms there for you just to add to that is keep in mind that magnesium creates a relaxation effect of your striated and smooth muscle and it's smooth muscle inside the intestinal tract that's creating peristaltic contractions that moves your food along and is also part of the, the, the proper elimination. So I would encourage people like every morning I do a series of exercises and one of them is where I'm, I stand kind of like with my hands on my knees and I literally exhale as hard as I can, a double exhale. And then I'm bringing my stomach in and out as many times as possible before I take another break. And I repeat that. And why I'm doing that is a lot of people today are suffering because they're sitting all the time at chairs and that human body is not designed that. And we start losing connection to our smooth muscle tissue, our pelvic floor. You'll see a lot of courses right now for women, particularly dealing with pelvic floor contraction and reconditioning that muscle. Also, if you've had medical treatment that has disrupted your bacteria levels Oftentimes it interrupts natural kind of contraction, or if you've gone through extreme starvation diets, which a lot of people I think go through and struggle with, particularly women in general, oftentimes you'll get constipated and then it becomes very difficult. And you can do colon therapy, which is you increase the fill inside the intestine tract under the guidance of a practitioner to kind of recondition and train that muscle tissue for contraction and then also for relaxation as well. So combining both the physiological components with the nutritional components that can't be underestimated. Of course, you may want to get a squatty potty as well, that you know, those little things that you raise up uh, as you sit on the toilet to start developing, you know, a, re- a regular, stronger elimination process in addition to your supplementation. And then we also have another product too, that that's an herbal concoction that is pretty aggressive if you're really stuck. So we could use that in a short term for maybe two weeks, add in the magnesium, bring in the peristaltic contraction moves. I have them on our course that we have on the website and, and make sure you're, you're hydrating properly and add a squatty potty. And guess what? You are going to return your number twos to number one. Yay. <laughs> I love that. I cannot express enough how amazing the squatty potty is. <laughs> Everybody in their life needs a squatty potty. That's so funny. I watched Shark Tank. Did y'all see it on Shark Tank when it was on there? I remember when it was like live and people were like making so much fun of it. And then, <laughs> and now here we are recommending the Squatty Potty. <laughs> yeah, I think they sold $150 million worth of that product. Yeah. And the, all the other sharks were like, what in the world? And, you know, <laughs> Laurie Grenier was like, yeah, I like it. And now they've sold so many. Another question about magnesium, because you spoke briefly about how there are is there seven types of magnesium in your supplement? Would you like to tell listeners a little bit about the different types? Because I think a lot of listeners think, oh, magnesium is magnesium, but there it's not just magnesium. Yeah, and that's why we again we we put seven different types to maximize its effect. And we believe there's synergy as well. So the first one is chelate, which really helps with you know muscle building and recovery from workouts, just overall health. Then citrate can actually help with obesity, weight loss, and arterial stiffness. So magnesium in general, and Wade's got a really interesting story you can get into uh, when he was in Bali, but it seems to counter over-calcification. 
which is a big health issue in our opinion. Magnesium biglycinate is a really good one to want to, to fall asleep. Really helps to improve sleep. It can also improve digestion, acid indigestion, and some other things. Malate can help with migraine, chronic pain, depression, because there's actually a lot of research around magnesium and depression. L3-orinate is the most commonly used one for brain. It's been shown to improve learning ability, working memory, short and long-term memory. Torate is considered the best one for the heart. Orotate, which is, we're big fans of orotate minerals in general. They seem to be better utilized and absorbed by the body. Also helps with the heart, helps with, again, athletic performance, enhanced recovery, energy and performance. And that was a tough one to find in general. And then we added the cofactors like B6, manganese, monoatomic minerals. And yeah, you know, and and like as far as sleep goes, like magnesium is a huge part of creating serotonin which by the way makes you feel happy. And then the serotonin is a key part of producing melatonin. So that's a, that's a big reason why you take, you know, two, three caps, 90 minutes before you want to pass out and next thing you know, you're passing on the couch. So it's great. And like I said, we can cite all kinds of research as far as the, the results, but that's the blend. A couple other things to add there when you're talking about also the prevention of migraines, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of research supporting magnesium People that are having migraines find relief inside of that. Again, it's because of a vasoconstriction, oftentimes to an inflammatory agent. And magnesium is what relaxes these stuff, as well as insulin sensitivity and the macrovascular complications from diabetes. So again, going into that role, same kind of components. There's over 300 different metabolic and enzymatic processes that magnesium is around. And I think something really important for your listeners is a lower risk from PMS syndrome. Oftentimes, magnesium can counteract the effects of depression, menstrual pain, irritability, and bloating, which can come in as well. And of course, cardiovascular health, as Dr. Sanjay Gupta was saying, this is one of the areas. So generally, feeling of calmness. If you're not feeling calm in your life, there's a good indication that magnesium is a big issue. And for those of our listeners that are practicing intermittent fasting, how should they best supplement magnesium with their fasting and their eating windows? Should they be taking magnesium during the fast or will they be taking it all during their window? Yeah, I, you know, again, weight are huge proponents of fasting. And, and in our opinion, minerals are safe to fast with, right? Like I'm a huge proponent of a lot of salt in my water while I fast because, you know, your body needs, again, sodium, potassium, chloride, magnesium. I mean, those are just, you know, the six big minerals that you need to function properly. And when you're fasting too, you're going to lose all of these minerals at a higher level. So I'm a big believer in replacing that so like i always put salt um i have these pitchers of water at my desk stay hydrated and i always put salt and cream of tartar and take magnesium to make make sure that all of those stay at high levels quick question about that matt and wade do you find that more salt is needed when following a ketogenic diet like matt do you find that you need more salt maybe compared to wade with a, a higher carb diet a thousand percent. So keep in mind, right? You, you go on keto, you're going to lose about 10 pounds 
depending on your body weight, of fluid, right? Why? Because you're losing the glycogen, and then with the glycogen goes the water. So one of the things I've done is, again, I've cranked my sodium and my potassium intake to really high levels in order to try to keep more of my my plasma, right, more, more fluid in my muscles. It helps with performance. It also helps you look better because, you know, when you really lose too much fluid, your muscles get flat, which is pretty common. And I, and I used to experience that all the time when I did keto and, and I wasn't doing this. So, yeah, and there's also some really interesting evidence around salt and even weight loss. So higher levels of salt seem to help burn body fat. And there's some interesting studies with rat and I'll cover my steaks with almost a, <laughs> a crazy amount of salt because I, I want the minerals. So again, we're big believers in just mineralization. Of course, the quality of the salt matters. We're big believers in Himalayan salt or sea salt. I would stay away from the classic table salt. It's going to just be too much chloride. But yeah, for sure, if you're on keto, you need definitely higher levels of salt than the average person. I'm on plant-based and I have a very high salt intake as well. It can aid in digestion and we're both athletic kind of guys. So we're working out and live in hot climates and sweat a lot. So, you know, I, I think salt gets the boogeyman bad name. I think a lot of the table salt is the, the problem or the hidden salts in, in, you know, processed foods. I think those are the ones that will run people into trouble. So it's the quality of salt. That's going to turn. Keep in mind, salary comes from salt. People used to be paid in ancient times in salt because it was essential to life. And the turn of the century information around, you know, salt and iodine, for example. So they added, when they added iodine to the salt in America uh, around the turn of the century, the, uh, this is startling effects. The average IQ in America raised 15 points from having that essential component added to salt. So the bottom line is don't be so scared of salt, but get the right salt in your body. Yeah, that's incredible. I think the iodine thing is huge. Actually, I want to have an episode on my other show just about iodine. Now, do you get iodine from like the sea salt, like Redmond salt? You don't though, do you? Seaweed is really your best seaweed. Yeah. And, and, and what I did actually, I bought, I bought some, some seaweed and I shredded it. And like on the weekends, for example, when I eat my, my rice, I use it like a salt. So I just load, I load seaweed seasoning. Yeah. Almost as like a seasoning. And, and I load it. The other thing that I do too, which is just a, a help tip to get polyphenols is I just use an obscene amount of herbs <laughs> with my steaks and everything. So a lot of herbs, a lot of salt, a lot of seaweed. These are some of the most nutrient-dense things that we can use to become biologically optimized. The reason I asked is because my husband, he's an organic chemist, and he was like, well, if we're using all this sea salt, where are we getting our iodine? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a big Daltz fan, just so you know. And then also, I think for a lot of people, and you, again, going back to that spectrocell test that you can get, you can see it supplementing with iodine is a pretty good idea for a lot of people. And you can do, everybody kind of knows the little Lugors test you can do. You put it on your skin and see, that's a great way to test to see how quickly you absorb 
iodine. And I think it, it's also a key element in immune system function because it donates ions to immunity at your cellular level. And with such depleted levels, again, another product that's very depleted in our bodies. When we see the spectra cell tests from people, a lot of people are deficient in iodine. So yeah, salt, iodine, seaweed, load it up see vegetables. Yeah, I forgot about that test. You paint it on your skin and the quicker it is absorbed, that means you are deficient. You're more deficient. So I need to get some of that. I used to have some of that iodine and now I don't. And it's cheap. Yeah, it is. I had some for the longest time and all right, I'm going to get some of that. And it's critical for thyroid function too, right? Right, right, right. I will throw out a quick caution though about iodine supplementation, there is the potential that if your iodine receptors are filled with other iodes, like if you've been iodine deficient for a while, so the receptors that normally would have iodine are filled with things like bromides and other iodes, (laughs) um, you can get a detox effect from iodine supplementation. And iodine is the only supplement that I took and I had such a strong reaction to it that it actually terrified me. And I actually was like, oh, this is a serious matter. So I just, oh, I just want to encourage listeners if they do supplement with like, be careful. My eyes literally turned bloodshot red, which I had not seen since like college. Yeah, just for the for listeners, there's the halogen group minerals on the chemistry table, which deal which which deal with fluoride and chlorine will be much easier picked up by your body than say iodine. And unfortunately, most of us are showering in highly chlorinated water, swimming in pools that are chlorinated water and drinking fluoridated water, I think in 50%. And there's a great book by Dr. Tennant, Your Body is Voltage, Healing Healing is Voltage. And he shows some CDC reports of the fluoride and chlorine across the different states that use it in America and its correlation with obesity because it's interaction with Iodine. So uh, again, that's why I suggest that spectra cell test because it's going to determine how well your body absorbs that. And you can also, you know, take a hair analysis as well to see if you are having high levels of these kind of toxic minerals and get a, a good functional practitioner to help you detoxify the metals before you get and get called, you know, randomly shotgunning crazy amounts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, never recommended. Yeah. I think working with a practitioner on the iodine is so important. I don't want listeners to randomly, you know, to start buying iodine and taking it by the shot glass. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. That'd be an interesting shooter. That's how that's a real biohacking bar, right? You know, it's like we're doing we're doing shooters of iodine instead of tequila. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. Is there any other topics related to magnesium and everything that you guys wanted to touch on or anything else that you wanted to make heard by our audience? Well, I think there's one thing I would like to add and one of the things that we're really passionate about is, you know, Matt and I started out as personal trainers and we got addicted to making people feel better about themselves and becoming healthier and and striving to new levels of capacity and ability that they didn't know what was possible. And we never left our roots behind. We created a company that we wanted to create biologically optimized people, whether it was they were going for aesthetics, performance, and health, and maybe a combination of all three. I think we want to live healthy, live strong. But we are in a, primarily we're available through online platforms, and all of our products. Our first bottle, we, we have it. The first bottle is on us policy. So, in other words, if you, anybody tries our products, the first bottle that they take. If they're not absolutely blown away, I mean, then say, you know what? This is making a definitive 
I can feel it affecting my life benefit. And you call us, text us, email us, whatever way you like to communicate. And we give you your money back. We reduce the risk. So there's no risk of trying anything that we recommend so that you have that you can trust that, hey, guess what? You know what? Nine times out of 10, we can solve whatever challenges, but don't just take our word for it. We're going to reduce all the risks so that you can take advantage of our products, try it, and then see. And then, of course, if you have questions on how to take it or utilize it, you can reach out to our customer support concierge. I've answered over 7,000 questions personally. All the questions get filtered through to me so that we directly give you the information that you require to make decisions. We also have the Awesome Health course, a 12-week course where we show all the, the, the tips, tricks, hacks, and important factors that are outside the range of supplementation and that sort of stuff. Like literally, what, how does one create truly an awesome health experience? So we're not just based on telling people you got to take this product and this product. There's a systematic way of looking at your health. And we provide all that education as a, a component of our company because we want people to experience what it's really like to, to have biological optimization. Yeah. Well, that is so wonderful. And Jen and I can attest to how much we and our listeners love the products that you provide. I mean, we've been working with you guys now for quite a while and haven't stopped because it's just been such a beautiful relationship. Our listeners love the different products that I just, we didn't even talk about the other ones, you know, the digestive enzymes, the probiotic P3OM, now this magnesium breakthrough. It's just really, really wonderful. And we're super grateful. You do have a special offer just for our listeners. So listeners, if you are ready to take charge of your magnesium levels, you want to go to magbreakthrough.com slash podcast 10 and use the coupon code podcast, and that will get you 10% off your order. So that's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com forward slash IF podcast 10. The coupon code is IF podcast. That'll get you 10% off. And then I believe as well, you guys do have different bulk orderings that you can do that will result in even greater savings. So definitely check out that link, that site, get your magnesium up to par. I take magnesium breakthrough every night. It is amazing. Yeah. So this has been so wonderful. Do you guys have other supplements in the works at the moment? We do. So yeah, first of all, uh, there's another product called Cognibiotics, which is specific strains and herbs designed to boost your neurotransmitters. So that's that's been a new product that people are really enjoying. We've got, we're actually bringing back an old classic that people, <laughs> people uh, that used to use it have been borderline begging for it, which is called Protein Breakthrough. The first two versions of it are going to be plant-based. It's going to be one of the best tasting protein products. We're also going to come out with a keto version later this year. And we got a blood sugar stabilization nutrient partitioning product that I think is the best in class. And that's going to be coming out later this year too. We're super excited about that. We've been working on that one for a while. And you forgot one thing, Matt. And of course, we just released our new leaky gut formula that addresses leaky gut. So we have a vegetarian version as well as a keto version. So the, the vegetarian version, we are using egg as the kind of the quote unquote sealant. And in the non-veg version, 
we are adding bone broth to that. They taste amazing. It's like candy and it's really effective. And of course, now with all the kind of things that are happening, people's bodies and stressed immune systems and stuff, addressing leaky gut is a big issue that we all need to look at. And it's another product that is, is awesome. It's not just a leaky gut solution. It's a huge immune system booster, actually through a variety of pathways. But yeah, it basically rebuilds the biofilm and there's very specific strains that have been shown to reduce gut inflammation and boost immune system response. So pretty excited about uh, about that as well. Yeah, that sounds great. I was wondering, so does it have things like DGL or glutamine or things like that in it? Or is it probiotic strains or aloe or... Or is it proprietary? No, no. The key ingredient is called uh, IGY, which is an egg extract that's been shown to reduce inflammation in the gut significantly, as well as rebuild the biofilm. Right. So your your body is always re- regenerating its biofilm every few days, and it really helps with that. It does have glutamine, it does have bone broth, and it does have specific strains that help with all of the above. So yeah, it's, it's a great product. And like Wade said, the, it tastes, it tastes great. I had not heard of IJY. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really powerful ingredient. Special. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll send you some jars. Oh no, I'd love to try that. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. This has been absolutely wonderful. We'll definitely have to bring you back on again, but maybe about some of those new products that you spoke about and I don't know. I feel like I have to say stay safe now, but um, enjoy everything. Stay safe. And this has been absolutely wonderful. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. The music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.